Hello all guys, gals, and non-binary pals. Welcome to the newest episode of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast, uh, taped live at Twitch and brought to you on YouTube, on Spotify, on Google and Apple Podcasts. Uh, I'm Austin, I'm a knockout, I've watched a lot of wrestling. Uh, my co-host is David, he's a noob, he hasn't watched nearly as much wrestling. Um, unfortunately, this episode had a bit of a technical whoopsie-doopsie, uh, if, to, if I may use such a technical term. Basically, the front half of our episode where we record and we talk about the episode we're going to watch <clears throat> and kind of recap, uh, the storylines going into the episode from last time we were following, uh on this podcast, uh, has been lost, so that footage is gone, and all we have is the back half, which is our normal review segment, um, yeah, so if you would like to know, we are in, luckily we're in the middle of the Lucha Underground storyline, so there's not actually a ton I need to really recap in that sense, is that, really inform people um you can look back at episode 58 a couple of weeks back that would be um if you would like to know what we were doing there basically the big storyline coming out of that episode is that uh drago had lost to prince puma to become in the in a match where if he lost he would be kicked out of the temple forever and he did lose, and so he has been banished from the temple. In addition, um, Phoenix returned to beat Killshot. Hernandez defeated King Cuerno and Cage to become number one contender for the Lucha Underground Championship, but then Alberto El Patron and Johnny Mundo complained, and so... That was retconned to be where he would face the winner of Alberto El Patron and Johnny Mundo uh, for the number one contendership, El Patron won. Uh, the crew defeated Son of Havoc and Angelico in a tag match, and they have a championship match upcoming for the tag belts. Delavar Davari uh, fought Tejano, but they it went to DQ because they were too busy punching each other. They ended up hitting the ref before the match could really get going. Cajun Quinquerno defeated Prince Puma and Hernandez in a tag match where Hernandez solidified his heel turn on uh, Prince Puma. And uh, Marty the Moth Martinez, uh, someone I'm a big fan of, he became part of, he made his debut as a fan trying to claim he had Aztec uh, lineage and that he wants to be a part of the fight in the temple. And Dario's like, fuck off, go away. And um, Katrina has returned and revived Mil Muertes. So that is a quick summer up of the storylines going into this episode. Uh, apologies for not being able to uh, have the original audio track of recording we did of this for this bit. Um, if you would like to watch, uh, this episode is about season one, episode 27 and season one, episode 28 of Lucha Underground. If you would like to watch those episodes, you can do so on Tubi TV. It is a streaming service. It is completely free with ads. You just need to make an account and all four seasons of Lucha Underground are on there. So then, um, 
we after this message is over um david and i will be back we'll have come back and we'll be discussing uh episode 27 ancient medallions and episode 28 shoots and ladders and we are back we have just finished lucha underground season one episode 27 ancient medallion and episode season one episode 28 shoots and ladders Okay, so I I don't I what else is there to say about what we just witnessed other than hot damn because look, I mean okay, it's Lucha. Lucha's always great. The the fighting, it's fine. Full disclosure, my my resolution was kinda ass this time around, so I didn't get really the full impact of the fighting, but none of that fucking matters. Because that's not what we're here for these two weeks. Oh, no, sir. Hey, guys, you know you know how David keeps being really goddamn psychic about things that happen on Lucha Underground? And I mentioned yeah. last week, like, you know, it really feels like we finally got all these moving parts that are all kind of, like, ticking at the same time, like a little nice, like all the gears going. It's it's really, oh, my God, are are the gears a-moving? Because Lucha Underground, in these two weeks we just watched, it changed. Lucha Underground is going through a metamorphosis as we speak. From from soap opera fighting show to fucking supernatural epic. Oh my lord. There is some wild shit happening that I Ugh. could never even anticipate this place. This so is like, the Lucha I, Underground I remember. Like, okay, I knew that obviously i've i've been new that there are supernatural elements in the show duh what sort of blind monkey wouldn't be able to see that that yeah like like you know we got a dragon and we got a mil thousand deaths zombie man but but like i just thought it was like set dressing and it's one of those things of like you know we have the random wrestlers who are supernatural and have those gimmicks and we're just going to lean a little bit more into that this time around but no, lo and behold, that is baked into the fabric of this entire, like, story, okay? It's insane. And I don't know if this was the, if this was the plan from Go, or if, if it was built up to, but, oh, oh my god, holy shit, this is, this, I see to the fullest extent why this has such a cult following because i mean obviously it's a great show but it just it just elevated itself and changed the game by setting itself apart through whatever wild shit just got all set up at the same time these past two weeks Ooh. <laughs> ah. yes ah. i think that's a good transition Damn. to talking about uh the first the pro first like promo of the of the episode we get dario in the back yeah and he's at the cage talking with matanza and how he's talking about how he he spent he spent a lot of money to get this specifically his... half of dad's fortune which first of all yeah what happened to the other half but also um he he says half of dad's fortune and then Londa say something about like papa would be proud so already uh i guess my prediction that dario's entire family was into some weird lovecraftian cult shit was also entirely true 800 iq yep so dario he spends half of his dad's fortune on seven ancient 
medallions. Which I have so many questions already. Aside from what happened to the other half, what is the father's for? How much fortune does the father have? Is this not like a a major fortune to begin with? If he can use only half of it to acquire seven insanely powerful medallions of legend, um, and yes, also we... is I'm assuming father is dead at this point? Question mark. We will get more into that later. Oh God damn it! That is absolutely something that we will talk more about. Oh God. Okay. But yes, these ain't. Uh, I must use the correct pronunciation of the Dario, the ancient Aztec medallions. Yes. Uh, again, the the way Dario uses the English language makes me very happy. Yes, and these medallions, according to him, when when combined, can can imbue someone with power, with immortality. In fact, they may even become stronger than you, Matanza. <laughs> Matanza, unfortunately, has nothing to say about this, so I would, I would love to hear his thoughts on the notion. I really want it to be so that Matanza is like Luchasaurus, where he's this big, beefy, scary guy who most of the time kind of grunts, but when you actually hear him talking, he gives these like, like eloquent, demic monologues about mm. about philosophy or science or, or history or something. <clears throat> Matanza also has a master's degree in history. <laughs> Wait, does Luchasaurus have a master's degree in history? Yes. Wait, what the fuck? Yeah. That's based right there. You know what? I have finally figured out my life trajectory. I'm going to get a master's degree in Shakespeare and become a professional wrestler. There we go. Boom. I got to be on Luchasaurus sure. level. Sure, sure. Uh, but Dario has said that he will now, what he will, he will try to uh, recreate. Recreate the history. Kind of, mm. The history, the kind of battles that were fought for these medallions in the ancient times. And he even suggests that maybe he'll bring a TV in here so that Matanza can watch the carnage as well. Which, like, you know, kind of a dick move that you don't... You, you, you keep your brother locked in this dungeon, and you don't even have the fucking decency to give him a monitor most of the time. Like, come on. What is this dude doing to, to keep himself occupied? Like, that's essentially solitary confinement. That's that's not great. I know your brother's a big scary mutt, but you, come on. You can't spare a single TV. Like... God damn! I bet this boy would love to watch some Saturday morning cartoons. Dar Dar Dario, Dario, be nice to your brother. No, he can't. He has to be completely dependent on Dario. He doesn't. He, he can't be giving Matanza any sort of ideas. I feel like you're not. I feel like you're not gonna reduce the codependency by putting a TV that's under Dario's control in Matanza's in Matanza's room. You know. You say that, but then watch how this goes down. But Oh God! Yeah, it's like Dario's like I cannot, I cannot have the liberal agenda indoctrinating you. Um, <laughs> but, but also, I don't know. Put fucking child locks on there or something. I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like you just put on like Disney Channel or something. It would be inoffensive enough that that Matanza would be like would just be like able to 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 a, a little bit of cultural enrichment, so he doesn't feel quite so alone. You know. You know, mm. I don't know. I don't know. 
I guess, but we, but that is all we see of Matanza tonight. But I can yeah. assure you that I think we will be seeing him again very soon. I for am for later. Oh, I'm I'm so shocked by that statement. No, yes. no way. First match of the night: Aerostar, the 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 spaceman, Rocket Man, is back Rocket after uh, after kind of getting the better end of the deal in that not getting that unique opportunity. He looks real happy to be a loser. Also, as we get into this match, I, I realize I must amend my statement earlier. There, there are, in fact, two competing new directions for this show, as my notes have reminded me. Uh, on one hand, we have the very intricate meticulously plotted, deeply compelling, surprisingly, like, uh, emotionally engaging supernatural shit that is apparently way more prevalent to this story than anyone ever could have guessed. Uh, on the other hand, we have the uh, overarching story vying for attention of Vampiro progressively losing his mind just as, as this show goes on. I talked last week about how dude was on a whole other level. He even ascended further than that. This time, Vamp is, I don't know. I don't know if he's doing extra coke before episodes or if his joie d'avivre is just that strong or, or I, I, I don't know. Something Vamp is wilding out. I have just quotes he upon is. quotes from him tonight, opening something about. In order to communicate to the audience the the idea that that Drago is now gone, he says something to the effect of, you know, he's he is gone, but as a dragon brother, we'll we'll, we'll see him again someday out in in, in Never Neverland, in the Great Vamp, Never what? Neverland. Vamp, what? I, I I think Vamp was in Never Neverland when he said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> his mind he's just fucking flying next to Drago and he's like Neverland is amazing yeah it feels like it <laughs> oh god oh yeah but anyway yeah so so Aerostar comes to ring and he is met on the other side by uh, one Jack Evans a debuting Jack Evans uh Featured sometimes on AEW is TH2 these in TH2 these days. Oh. Uh and he is kind this is kind of I now know having watched him on Wrestling Society X. If you want to know what what not what other wrestling stuff I've been watching recently, <laughs> is he does like breakdancey stuff incorporation, you know, like in the same way that Johnny Mundo incorporates parkour into everything. He got ah. Jack Evans doing breakdance moves into everything. Um, well, that certainly scans on the level of Jack Evans' character seems to be very fixated on him getting a big kick out of cultural appropriation as a as a concept. So, yes, you know, because his other thing, to make sure that you understand that he is an unlikable douchebag, is that he, a white boy from Parks, uh, what, Parkside? So what Parks Washington I, from the state of Washington, Washington is the point. Yes. Yes. Is he 
is yelling at the crowd the entire match that he is the greatest luchador. And in fact, he invented Lucha Libre. Did Lucha Libre? What a shit. Yeah, that's one to build nuclear tier heat with a crowd. Now, he is a delusional jackass to the extreme, and you're going to love this guy. <laughs> I can tell. It's really funny because the crowd, the crowd hates this guy. Again, it is hard to get this crowd to dislike anybody. This crowd is not a fan of this man. Oh, no. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. They are, they are booing hard. But even then, these blood, these bloodthirsty fucks can't help but still get still get pretty excited when someone's there doing damage and man they betray their <laughs> values real quick once once uh evan starts starts doing some damage to aerostar they're yeah, like oh Aero, wait jack evans gets jack evans gets a ton of time to show off his skills he does i'm surprised he didn't get put over for his debut that seems like mm. i i can only i can imagine the only reason it was this guy already has like so much heat that that if he won his debut match the temple might just burn to the ground yeah that would be bad uh but yeah it's a lot of it these these are two of the flippier dudes pure flippy dudes in in lucha underground so yeah the match goes how you think it would in that regard yeah uh, shouts uh out also, to, go for it i was gonna give a shouts out to jack evans doing a top rope moon doing a moonsault off of the guardrail which is elevated above the side above ringside if you oh didn't my know God. that was so wild much. no i see i was gonna give shouts out to even more batshit quotes from from commentary during this match striker please having striker is once again having his way with the english language and oh boy, does he have a way, does he have his way with the English language? Says something about Aerostar putting in the back door. Vamp, Vamp's mind, of course, immediately goes straight into the gutter. And is like, oh, whoa, I, I, don't, I don't know where you were going with that. <laughs> he, he basically all but no homos it. Which He's gonna no homos his guys, way through it. Guys. Uh, then we all, we also on. got his complete guys, guys, nonsense it's, line. Guys, guys it's, it's, it's wrestling. They're gay. Just it's a little it. bit homo, always. It's, it's a lot of homo, vamp. But okay. Oh yes, please. The nonsense line. The my baby. Absolute nonsense line. line. Okay. So he's talking about because the origin of lucha libre kind of gets brought up, but he also starts talking <laughs> about like how these guys get trained in Mexico and Jap Japanese wrestling because, you know, in the back in the seventies there was a big cult, uh, cultural and wrestling like talent exchange. So you know those mm -hmm. styles mix and mingle. It's a very interesting uh, little bit of history. And of course, Vampiro then decides to pipe up with saying, uh, not me though. I was trained by Homer Simpson. <laughs> I was like, what? Vamp! Vamp, what is it? What does it mean, Vamp? The numbers, Johnny, what do they mean? What do they mean? I don't I don't know what he was getting at. I'm scared to know what he was getting I, at. I what in the world is that even did he did he, he watch? Simpsons and Simpsons like fucking beam subliminal messaging into his mind of become a pro wrestler, become a pro. Because that sure as shit didn't happen to me when I watched The Simpsons, and I think I'm worse off for it. So if that's what happened to Vamp, I'm actually kind of envious. Not, not not gonna lie, Vamp. Can you can you yeah, what... me your ways, please? Yeah. So I just I don't know what the fuck that was about. So <laughs> me neither, buddy. I just, surely not I, Lord. Yeah. But anyway. 
the match ends when Jack Jack is uh, he's getting a little too cocky. And mm. Aerostar is able to recover, and Aerostar is be hitting his moves, and eventually Aerostar gets up to the top rope with Jack Evans and hits him with, and I, I was like, what the fuck? He hits him with a top rope destroyer. Now, if you don't know what a destroyer is, I will try my best to describe it for you because it's hard mm. to describe. But it's basically a move where you have somebody in a, in like a power bomb position, and the person in the power bomb position flips over the other person into into giving them a pile driver so it's a i guess it's a flipping pile driver oh. it is absolutely an insane move to look at it's actually a lot safer and easier to do than you think but it looks awesome and he did one from the top rope like that crazy motherfucker yeah uh, again, pixelated ass video on my end, but I could tell that it was some crazy shit. And yeah. it an arrow start does get the win. So, you know, even if Jack yeah. Evans didn't win, it took a fucking top rope destroyer to put him out. So at least there's that. Yeah, the, the power levels are still getting built. Yep. Arrow star does win. And then Indeed. after that, we go back to the locker room where Big Rick is counting his money. True. And his cousin, the Mac shows up and he's like, Hey cuz what's up? You want to, and big, big Rick's over here. Might as well call this motherfucker swamp thing. Cause he's all about the green. Hey, now so the Mac is trying to like, you know, be friendly with Rick and talk about, you know, teaming again and all that. And, you know, Rick is just like, you know, family don't mean nothing. Didn't get us no title. And, you know, in this business, it's not about family. It's about making money. And and and, and he, he, in, he ends it all by being like, you know, I'd even, if for the right price, I'd even fight family. Very meaningful look at the Mac. <clears throat> yeah, dude, dude's kind of an asshole. Yep, and I think that sets up what he does later in episode 28, to be honest. Yeah, this is, this is, this is, this is true. But yeah, I love I love how it's Mac just trying to be like, hey cousin, how's it how's it going? And Rick's like, fuck you. Fuck you, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, Everyone get out of themselves. I I really wish we were on a show where I could look forward to like, you know, a positive character arc in that regard, but I know. No. Not. What? No. Why would what they is... have that? Why would that arc happen in this show? Wholesomeness? On my unwholesome wrestling underground fight club show. Psh, psh. <laughs> unthinkable. <laughs> un unfucking un thinkable. No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. Anyway, um, so yeah. Uh we then cut over to the the ring where Dario has asked seven different wrestlers to assemble. Those wrestlers being all right, I'm gonna see if I can remember everyone david's big be, challenge in this damn ring fucking all right in no particular order those wrestlers being phoenix pentagon jr kill shot mac sexy star uh let me think let me think let me think uh cage and uh and uh uh hunter boy yeah cuerno Cuerno, Jesus, thank you. The good job. There. 
Yay, David Denton. These assembled groups, seven, seven, for these, these seven wrestlers have been assembled, and Dario then gives the in-ring explanation to the live audience about the medallions, because it's mm-hmm. important that they also understand all this shit. Indeed, indeed. Indeed, no, no. And no. he says that these medallions have the power to grant immortality. And... They each one represents one of the ancient Aztec tribes. So there's the Puma. There's the Puma one. The I think right now all we know is the Puma and the Moth tribe. Wait, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's all the ones. There's a there's actually a fucking <laughs> Moth tribe that's not a meme, and the Marty shit plays into that. Are you kidding me? There is a Moth tribe. That's a bit of a spoilers for later, but yes, there is actually the Moth Tribe. Oh my Christ. Anyway, we are in a mat a seven-way match for the medallion. Yes. Um and shouts out to getting to getting Rick Knox in there. Uh, the the worst enforcer of rules, which is very fitting for a seven-person chaos match. Yep. He is kind We're of all about the bad cohesion here on Lucha Underground. <laughs> Rick Knox, his entire career has been absolutely phenomenal. He's a phenomenal referee, like out of kayfabe stuff. He's a great referee for matches that are just big chaotic fuck fests that somebody needs to be able to like keep in order. <laughs> he's great for that. But so that's why he gets pulled into at enforcing the rules. He does. He's a terrible referee in kayfabe for that. I, lo- I love how that's a consistent character for him, like, across iterations. Yeah, he's known for that. He's known for being, like, the big PWG fuckfest ref. That's, that's how the Young Bucks great. met him and know him. That rules. Oh, my God. I fucking love that. Anyway, yeah. So, so that match is declared. And fest it does become not in the literal sense but in the chaos sense yeah it's it's hard to necessarily have a lot of notes or remember a lot of things that went down on this match because like but i will say the general note was is that like they did a really good job of pairing off with each other for a lot of kind of consistent threads and also Mm -hmm. playing off of past story threads because like, if you notice those names, there's a lot of history and a lot of names there. It's Killshot and Matt yeah. teaming up in the in the trios tournament. Phoenix and Pentagon are ex-rivals. Uh, Pentagon and Sexy Star are still kind of rivals. You know, Cage and Cuerno were teammates. Cuerno... Um, he, yeah, I think that's about it. There's, there's like a lot of everyone. Yeah, there's a lot of history between a lot of the wrestlers in these ma- in this match, and they do a good job to play off of that. Well, the other thing too is like with the little bit of information we were given about the medallions, all of the wrestlers in this match have something to really tangibly gain from attaining those medallions. This, I mean, this is where again the writing and the meticulous plotting of the show pays off insanely well. And I mean, technically, this is even still a buildup. That's the brilliant mm-hmm. thing about the show. They're able to, like, make things pay off even in their fucking buildups. Like, yeah. you think about it. We now know that Mil Muertes is on his way back. Phoenix having access to uh, powerful magic. 
would be a great way for him to stay on an even footing with whatever the fuck Mil Muertes has got going on. Sexy Star is fighting against Monster Heel Penta. Great way to be able to counter him. Penta's just the monster heel, and I'm sure Arm God would love his his need to have some extra power behind him. Cage being the big boy who wants to kill everything, and I'm sure he wants to get that fucking title belt. Would love to would love to get his Mac is kind of the one with the least to do. I guess maybe be ready to go up against Big Brick at some point. Sure, whatever. He's just kind of here. Mm-hmm. Kill shots, the new guy. Having that kind of power would would be an insane boon to, to kind of boost him up onto the level of everyone else. And Cuerno, I don't fucking know. Cuerno's the hunter. It's another weapon in his arsenal, sure. Like, it's not perfect all around for, like, everyone having, like, these super... T- but for the most part, like, there's some really great selections for this for this match and with the little bit of information they give us at the beginning of what these medallions do we can see how some of them would be really greatly helped by having the power of these medallions on their side and i think mm-hmm. just that little bit of subtle storytelling but combined with the little tiny bits of information we've gotten to kind of show us that combined with how they, like you said, pair off in rings so we can kind of be around some of their respective histories and some of the beefs that that, that the the medallion them contribute to winning. I'm I'm God. It's it makes this match all the more all the more compelling. It's oh incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh Pentagon and Phoenix anchor a lot of the match with each other. Yeah. Which makes sense. Damn. They have an insane amount of in-ring chemistry with each other. Crazy Damn, to something, know that. Some, someone should someone should really do something with that. Man. Yeah. They they, they 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 be in this ring like, man, what are we? Some kind of lucha bros. Hey. Hey. Uh but you know, K- Cage gets his opportunities to kind of be the big Haas monster who takes out everybody. Sexy Star mostly kind of fits in with a lot of hope spots. She doesn't anchor a lot, but she's there for a lot of like, here she comes to save the day. Yeah. She does get bumped uh, plenty of times too, though. Yeah, Killshot is doing his 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 flippy doos. Cuerno and Mac, mm-hmm. I don't think have as quite as much to do in the match, but nah, Cuerno it, gets a few cool spots. Yeah, the match kind of winds its way down. Where it's Pentagon, Sexy Star, and Phoenix, and Pentagon does an absolutely wild uh, move where he has, he's got, he's he's setting up Phoenix for the package pile driver, and yeah. Sexy Star tries to stop him, and so he just lifts Sexy Star onto his back in a be- in the backpack position, and he does yeah. a dual backpack driver package pile driver onto the both of them. That's so, it's so nasty, dude. I fucking love it. And he would have had the win, but he decided that now is the right time for another arm. More arms for the arm god! But Sexy Star said, nope, not today. Not today, and he's able to. he is able to push her away, but that also gives Phoenix time to recover. Phoenix gets back up and hits him with a poison hurricane Rana, and then the yeah. standing moonsault for the one, the two, the three. Phoenix is the possessor of the first medallion. Yes, super dope. Uh, I also want to shout out a couple more things here. Um, mm-hmm. I fucking, uh, I, I fucking love how Phoenix and Penta get a great 
simultaneous move against, I think, Mac and Killshot. They, uh, very great precursor to their Lucha Bro days. Oh, yeah, they tagged the tag team moves on Killshot and Mac, yeah. Yeah, but then Penta takes down Phoenix right afterward. So it's, it's, it's Lucha Bro, and then Penta going, no, fuck you, to Phoenix. I yeah. got a huge kick out of that as someone with future sight. Also, uh, shout out to another great vamp line of, of, well, Mac just left an impression with his boot on somebody's face. Like, thank, yeah, you, thanks. Th- thank, thank you, fam. Thank you, fam. Very, very insightful commentary. We now move on to Dario being in his office with our tag team champions, Fun and Dysfunctional. Yes. And Dario makes it clear that they will be defending their tag team championships again against uh, the crew. And Eva Lee's her foot is broken, but she's like, I don't need two, I don't need two feet. I got two, all I need is two hands. And Dario True. comes in with a line of, Well, you will also need two feet to win this match. Cause it's a ladder match. Fuck you. Yep, it is a ladder match. And then Dude, I don't know why I don't know why Dario's investing this much in the crew. He's given them three ass opportunities to to Well, this to is their last this. one. Well, I know, but still, that's a lot of opportunities. And, like, the crew, I know they're, like, just solid hitmen for hire, but also, they're kind of goobers. And I don't know why Dario's so into them, other than they're just, like, they're good for beating up people that he that he doesn't because like. They're, because they're hired men. They're hireable men. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. They, they, either way, he's, like, super-duper fuck you to, to this to this team he's trying to get rid of them once and for all and he's like well if you don't want to do it i can just strip you your title now and they're like oh no no that's that's fine it's fine anything anything you say anything you say yep so that's for episode 28 where they will have the that's that that is the ladders in the shoots and ladders title (laughs) uh we then um, go backstage to phoenix in the locker room and yep. then the lights go out. And it is the arrival of the sexy ghost, Katrina. Yes. She she is here, all right. And, okay, this is one of those moments of, was this planned all along? Because if so, fucking brilliant. You know how commentary kept fucking leaning in to the million lives, versus, or thousand lives versus thousand deaths thing? I guess that's important lore now. Because Katrina a- answers my question. It fucking, she's like, she's like, you were a pawn in this game the whole time. We you see, needed you this to entire, be the entire guys. angle, the, the entire thing with Mill, where <clears throat> she wants, she was trying to get away from Mill and she right into the arms of Phoenix and then wanting Phoenix to bury Mill Muertes. It was all a con. It was all Wait. one long, big scheme so that she could steal the power of a thousand lives for Mil Muertes to give him a power boost. Which still doesn't fully explain that one promo we got where she actually had a confrontation with Mill and he choked her and lifted her up. I don't know what that was all about, if it went con anyway, because that really seemed to be about their relationship issues. Maybe it was a separate thing, or maybe it was just a retcon. But... 
either either way, for the most part, pretty consistent in his de- in his deployment here, <laughs> for the mm-hmm. most part. Yeah. So Fien- So she is at the con is complete. Mil Muertes is powered up, and she will now. She is back to wanting Mill to destroy Phoenix. Death will conquer life once and for all. <laughs> Yeah, so Katrina's the real power player here. I, even even Mills yeah. kind of being used here a little bit. Katrina, Katrina's of, been pulling the strings all along. Yeah, and of course she's leaning real close as she sensually does, and and at one point, like Phoenix tries to like grab her, grabs grabs her by the shoulders with his with his arms, and then the lights go out and she disappears. Her spooky disappears. ghost powers. Poo- she she, poo- she poofs. She she poofs. I mean, look a little uh, a bit stronger of an editing trick to indicate something supernatural. <laughs> Dragonfire. <laughs> Ah, uh, but before we leave the locker room, before we leave, we the also room. get standing above the on the lockers as the green smoke appears around them. Is three figures in skull masks, and I'll go ahead and tell you right now that those are the disciples of death. Hell yeah, Katrina they and Mill have, have putties. Mill Plot and, twist. Mill and Katrina have putties. Plot twist, this is Power Rangers now. Between between the putties and the seven power coins, this is Power Rangers now. Fuck yes, I knew there was a reason I liked this show so much. Yeah! Oh, I mean... Anyway. Go, 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 Lucha Underground. Bring oh, me seven it's, 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 luchadors with attitude. Bring me seven. That's literally Dario, though. Bring me seven luchadors with attitude. No, also, uh, man, wait. Uh, I feel like now the blah, blah, that plays every time we come back from commercial is just a really pitched down, like, darn, 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 darn. Like, it's, it's got to be, right? The, 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 the clues were always there, hidden in plain sight. Uh Power Rangers, Power Rangers, Lucha, Lucha, I can see it. Yep. Um, kind of a then we go to our main event of episode one, Hernandez versus Alberto El Patron. Yes, yes, yes. I love the comment about El Patron being the fan-voted Technico of the year, because, again, it's the fucking, like, Jan- Janus dichotomy of, of El Patron here, of that... The crowd goddamn loves him and eats him up, but behind uh, in the actual promo segments, he's such a rat bastard, such a heel. But no, the crowd don't see that, so he's Technico of the Year, baby. Fan yeah, voting. everyone loves love El Patron. Him. Everyone loves El Patron. Fuck El Patron. Still not yeah. jail ass motherfucker. Yeah, and then we got, we got Hernandez down to the ring. <laughs> And it's it's Hernandez yeah. and, and El Patron doing their El, their things. Hernandez and El yeah. Patron things. Yeah, yeah, you, you know, and 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 solid shit out of it. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, even though he's nowhere present in this match, Vamp again continuing to wild the fuck out. Still really hung up on Conan. 
that meta like, heel still fuck, move. Fuck Conan. Did I mention that? Fuck Conan. Yeah, did uh, Vamp is contractually obligated to to mention fuck Conan at least once per episode. <laughs> Got to yeah. just slide it in there. Yeah, no, the meta heel. He's he's bought into the meta heel story. <laughs> oh my god, it's, god, damn. it's 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 the same thing. These are the same picture, Austin. <laughs> Cody Rhodes and Conan. It what is. is the difference? What is the difference? It's there the is the same none. picture. Trick You're question. Right. It's the same picture. They're the yeah. same picture. Any anywho, uh, the match yeah, no. ends when Johnny Mundo shows up and says, "Fuck." Alberto El Patron. Lakey boy with a side basin? of salt. What? Which, uh, Mundo saying fuck El Patron, based. Based. Abs- oh, abs- absolutely <laughs> based. Based and Mundo pilled. Let's go. Or actually, yep. I feel like for Mundo, you gotta say based and leg pilled. That's what I'm going with. Yes. So based he just like pilled. interrupts real bad. And. He just grabs El Patron and chucks him through Dario's office window. Yeah. Holy shit. Which, oh my God. I loved this because we only ever see Dario's office in the promo shot. We have never seen the inside of Dario's office. We see him walk the fuck out. And they he throws Mundo into Dario's office and it's so clearly not the set they film on. I promise you that's not the set they film on for Dar- It looks like a fucking mm-hmm. Okay, you know how in a video game you have a you have a cutscene and the animation's yeah. all pretty and everything looks looks like super awesome. And like it's oh it's so cinematic. And then you cut to actual gameplay and, and it's like low res versions of the environment because we gotta save on yeah. space. You can actually do your event. That's what it fucking like we peer into Dario's office and it's just clearly just a low res version of the actual set that if that's the actual set they used to film Dario's office, cool. They just use some lighting tricks to make it look better, I guess. But holy mm-hmm. shit, it looked like such a low res in-game version of the Dario office. Like the desk is there and it has some of the props on it but it's so clearly not the same fucking environment. It was so pretty. But Dario's in there, and he's like, oh, hey, what the fuck? Hey, guys, what's up? Uh, We get to watch Dario watch the match the rest of the time. Yeah, seriously. They, like, lean hard on showing Mundo's face and of like his angry face and they're like and mundo the story they're portraying is that mundo has snapped this is a heel turn baby but of course like as a viewer i don't i can't fully buy into that because i've i've watched al patron be a condescending asshole the mundo for weeks in the in the locker room so he's not a heel to me yeah i'm kind of i'm kind of on mundo's side here like fuck al patron on on a on a both in and out of kayfabe Deeply and personally, with great prejudice, fuck Alberto El Patron. Yeah, You're incredibly so I'm, right, I'm, Johnny. Throw him through as many windows as you damn well please. I don't. I don't give a shit. You yeah. think I care? No, fuck no. I I endorse. No, I, I don't. I don't care what you do, man. So they and so he, Mundo ends up taking him and throws him back in the ring after he's bleeding at, from getting glass thrown in his face, thrown through his face. And Hernandez yeah. is like, well, I guess I'll just take the win. A one, a two, a three. <laughs> Which I have to say, that that's such a wild position to have to blade in of like, 
your fucking body is half hanging over a window and you just gotta go and do the blade from there. Like, that's so wild to me. But yeah, I, I also love the fact that that neither of the men in this match, Johnny Mundo, particularly likes, but he just really wants to say fuck you to Patron and Hernandez. I'm sure he's like, yeah, you'll go get the championship and then I'll get to kick your ass myself, bitch. Yeah. Yeah, Hernandez there's a, there, no there's a clear mentality him. here. It, it makes sense. Yeah. And then after that, like the Mundo kind of po- Mundo poses. The episode ends with Mundo posing on the stairs and they everyone being like, what has Mundo done? While Alberto gets like carted out by medical staff. By medical, yeah, they medical go. They staff. went hard on the on the Patron is fucked up here. Yeah. But I don't care because fuck him. Now I'm going to fuck yeah, you. Bye, get, out, bye, get out of the temple forever for all I care. Uh, please. Hey, Dario, can you give him a unique opportunity, please? Yeah. So then uh, we move into episode 28. The next episode, it opens with a match. It opens with Marty the Moth Martinez versus yeah. Prince Apuma. Yeah. Also, I real quick want to... Um, I real quick want to talk about at the beginning of this episode. We get like a recap of, of what's happened thus far. I want to give a shout out. Just one really great moment. We were, they, they, they covered the Davari stuff. We're going to get another Davari Tejano match here. Spoiler alert. And mm-hmm. they had a great, uh, actually surprisingly really great match cut between Davari sipping on his drink in Dario's office to Davari sipping on his drink in ring. I just mm-hmm. really random, but I noticed that, dude i love me a good match cut that was that was a quality the the cinematographer got over his weird spinning obsession now he's actually going back to doing cool things again good job good uh yes we start with marty the moth already making it weird already fucking making it he is he is all up in melissa's business as she's announcing him yeah why because he, as you will learn from the audience, is a creepy bastard. This is true. This is true. That he is <laughs> all up in her shit. He is he is about this close to sniffing her hair. He might already be doing that <laughs> from a dis- Biden from the mode. And he's flapping his wings like a moth. As moths famously do, up and down with a lot of undulation. <laughs> Yes. And he gets he's getting his shot in the temple. All he wanted was a shot and he's going against Prince Puma, the the Lucha Underground champion. Which I am almost surprised cuz cuz I'm like how the hell did Marty get here? I guess for some reason Dario's like, "Yeah, sure, whatever. I'll feed him to someone and he'll be gone forever." I'm really surprised he didn't feed he didn't feed Marty to a much meaner opponent because I thought I thought for sure that that it was going to be some one of the monsters to just fuck him up. I was like, he might be about to go up against Penta and get his arm broke or some shit. I am surprised mm-hmm. that 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 Dario let Puma be his like hit for hire here. Mm-hmm. Well, Puma needs the easy dub. He needs a tune up match. Puna, Puma needs easy dub. And again. It continues. It continues the trend of Dario. Even if Dario like doesn't like Atley, if he could put you to good use, he will. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he ain't gonna look the gift horse in the mouth, you know. And the the crowd, the the um, the announcers explicitly kind of do the parallel of Marty claims to be from the Moth Tribe, though we have uh, no proof of that at this point in time. Yeah, and and Puma can trace his lineage to the to the Jaguar Tribe. So, dude, there's gonna there's, there's gonna be some like mint berry ass crunch reveal. Where they keep like pretending that Marty's that Marty's just some dumb fuck, but then, but then it's some dude's gonna show up and he's gonna like select Marty the absolute fucking goober moth to 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 be the great chosen one to unite the seven tribes and he actually has superpowers and all that shit. It's gonna be some mint berry crunch ass reveal like that. It's gonna be his terrible. Uh, mint berry crunch, half mint, half berry. Yeah, just like just like Marty, he's half Marty, half moth. Yeah, half Marty, half moth. <laughs> the numbers don't lie. <laughs> half Marty, half moth, half Martinez. Half Marty. <laughs> Thirty-three to third chance of being a moth. Yep. Uh, so the match. But that's just fine. Uh, you know, they kind of use the fact that Prince Puma does not take him seriously even a little bit. Neither does Conan yeah. as an excuse yeah. to let Marty get some hits in. Kind of show off what he can do. And he's he's kind of a bigger boy. He's not like Cage big. He's like Willie Mack big. Yeah. So he, he can do some, some big strikes and some power moves. But, you know, he's still essentially a fan and a rookie. And that ends up being his downfall as he tries to go to the top rope and he starts flapping the wings and he goes and he goes for a moonsault and he misses. And then I'm going to hit all my moves and win. Goodbye. Which damn, I just, I just keep fucking shouting out announcement tonight, but two things I got to point out one in the previous episode announcement was talking about like, Oh, we here in Lucha Underground like to pride ourselves in the fact that in most other wrestling companies, you know, you'll see wrestlers have their signature moves and that's how they end matches. But oh no, here in Lucha Underground, we got wrestlers who have a wide range of abilities. They're all very technical wrestlers. They can end you with 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 uh top rope attacks. They can end you with submissions. They, they can end, end you with any whole, move whole, they got. Any yeah, they they don't end. they don't need no filthy finisher. Fucking Puma in this match immediately goes to end this move with a signature finisher. It's like, okay, cool. Thanks for that. With the, he hits him with the 630 splash that he wins every match with. That he wins every match with. Oh, but no, we don't have we don't have no filthy finisher moves around these parts. No, sir. Also, also gotta really shout out that Vamp points out for some reason that we got a dude from Metallica in the crowd just like we did yes last week Robert and he's like Ma- and he says, Robert Trujillo Robert Trujillo the bassist for Metallica the bassist for Metallica is here and he makes a comment about dude from Metallica is here two weeks in a row actually we got a lot of repeat offenders here tonight it's like damn it's almost like we're filming multiple shut up the same night or shut something. up <laughs> shut up shut up shut up man shut 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 your mouth <laughs> yeah yeah striker striker just goes to be like, hey, 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 fuck it up for us, all right? Yeah, we're supposed to be live every week, vamp. <laughs> yeah, to, they, just just casually lampshading the fact that we have a majority of the same goddamn <laughs> That's a great, really smart move on your part, vamp. Great. 
Yep. Oh my God. Uh, then after the match, Hernandez shows up to flex and be annoying. And so Conan gets the mic and he's talking shit to him. Uh, the line I remember most, he's like, yeah, you think you're, you think you're, you think you're hard. You make sheep look dangerous. <laughs> and Van, then Conan does the stupid thing that baby faces like to do where he's like, you want a piece of Prince Puma? Well, he, he'll give it to you right here tonight. And Puma lays the belt on the ground and puts the challenge to Cone to Hernandez to have the match for the Lucha Underground Championship right now, which is yeah stupid. You just wrestled. <laughs> yeah, I know. And even fucking stupider, Hernandez declines. Hernandez bees the does the heel thing of like I actually won't wrestle like you want that like you people want me to do so I would decline because I am a coward and it's like this is your e you get the easy this shot is the easiest dub in the world you dipshit just take it oh my god wrestlers taking stupid pills even on the most falling into wrestling shows. tropes here. Uh, even on the most brilliantly plotted wrestling tropes, we can't help but resist force some stupid pills down our down our down our mm -hmm. p our wrestlers' mouths when it's convenient for the plot. Whoop yeah. all. But that match will be coming up in the near future. Hernandez. Yes. And also, one more thing that I noticed early on in this episode. Shout out to them boarding up Dario's office window. They yes, they haven't they fixed the window. They have instead just put wooden boards on it over it. Dario, who apparently has access to a vast goddamn fortune with via not his paying father, for that fixing that window though. Can't, can't, can't afford some basic ass carpentry for his underground fight club. He's somehow trying to make get an insurance claim, but that's going to be <laughs> difficult because of the illegal fight club thing. That's what he's going for. He's like, he's he's filling out the insurance form, and he's like, hmm, I'm not quite sure I thought this one through. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like, how do I, he's like, he's like how do I claim this on my tax? <laughs> oh, God. But now we get a sit-down interview. <laughs> With Vampiro interviewing I, I, Johnny Moon. I, I need I need to interject here and, and put interview in very heavy quotation marks because I personally believe it 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 metamorphized a little bit from an interview. But please lay lay the foundation and I and I will then lay forth my right. Premise. So Vampiro is trying to get out is trying to figure out why. Um, uh, ex excuse you. It. I'm sorry. I don't mean to keep it up, but excuse you. Uh. Use use the proper title as per his title card. Vampiro uh, announcer slash legend, please. And there's a le announcer slash legend. Vampiro <laughs> is trying to ascertain why Mundo would do this. And Mundo, his answer is like, "I'm the. I came here to be the best because I am the best." And Vampiro then starts psychoanalyzing Johnny Mundo. <laughs> yeah. He turns, he turns, he, he, like, like, Mundo gives a, gives an answer, and, and Fam's like, no, 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 brother, I need you to really, really answer me here. That's not really an answer. This doesn't give me a reason why you did this. He wants to know why. And it just slowly evolves, devolves into Vampiro giving Johnny Mundo just a 
free therapy session for some reason. At one point, Johnny Mundo gives an answer, and Vampire goes, "Yes, yes, now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere." Yeah, he puts his clipboard away. He's like, he's like, he's like, bump this, and he's like, and he's like, he starts going off script to just really get into the weeds with Johnny Mundo about his damage or something, and. and so great. Also, Johnny Mundo starts going off at one point, and Vampiro just kind of looks ta- taken aback as if he didn't directly prompt this. And at one point, gives Johnny Mundo this fucking like meme thumbs up. Like if you've seen that, this is a more recent meme of like a bunch of people standing in a group, and one dude on the outside just says some weird shit, and one of the dudes pops out from the group and just gives him a thumbs up. That's what that felt like. He's talking about like mm-hmm. I hate Alberto Patron. I'm gonna kick his ass. I'm gonna be the best. And Vamp's just like thumbs up. Ooh. Yeah, he's like. To, Don't to summarize me. the content, to summarize the content, it's basically as 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 put as Vampiro kind of frames the issue is that like Mundo did come in believing he's the best, and then he lost to Puma a couple of times, and mm-hmm. then dudes like Alberto El Patron show up and kind of start skipping line ahead of him again. So yeah. for a guy who thinks he's the best, he just keeps falling down and down the totem pole. And to now, it has caused him to snap and just start destroying everybody in his path. Gotta feel his wrath. Johnny, how does that make you feel? Use Johnny eye Mundo statements, has, please. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Mundo with, with a big inferiority complex. He, 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 might, he might as well be laid out on that, on that reclining couch, dude. I'm telling you. Yeah. Oh, man. Thankful, that is where the interview ends. Is Thankfully, nobody... Came to blows, incredibly. Yeah, and then Again, we, the 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 compelling story of Vampiro just continuing to lose his goddamn mind is, and just go off the rails week after week. Incredible. Yeah, then we get Dario in the office with the crew, where he emphasizes that you know throughout history there has been sacrifices. In fact, mm-hmm. in ancient Az- Azteca, you know, they, they went up to the top of the mountain and sacrificed human hearts to the god, to the gods. Which yeah. I was like, yes, I have watched Doctor Who from 1963. I did know that. I'm sure, I'm sure that's also a thing the creators of this show have definitely done. Or, or I've also, I've watched Indiana Jones too. I was aware. Okay, a little bit more. A little, little, little bit more. Yeah, another another <laughs> indicator that Dario is again in on some weird Lovecraftian mm-hmm. cult shit that he just he knows is off the top of his head, and it seems to almost make him you know wistful and nostalgic. Like ah, those mm-hmm. were the good old days when you could the just good old days where you could sacrifice human, sacrifice. human on the mountain on the top of a mountain. Oh man, I put it on my Christmas card every year. It's just so picturesque, yeah. you know. Yeah, and so he then says, "You'll have your own chance at a sacrifice tonight in a ladder match with the, with." And he emphasizes that they have been given opportunity after opportunity, and they will win this match, and they will sacrifice Team Fun and Dysfunctional. Yeah, or they will displease the gods. And there is one man who is perfectly willing to sacrifice them. Hmm. Wonder who that is. All yeah. No. I also. I. I also really like the. You know. Likening human sacrifice 
to the attainment of some wrestling championship belts is, you know, it's a choice. I don't know. It's never, it, it, it doesn't necessarily feel like a coherent choice. It feels like the coherent, it feels like the choice of like that one friend, you know, with that one hobby who just keeps finding ways to just slide that hobby back into conversation, no matter how little it has to do with it. It, it kind of feels like that, you know, Dario just really wanted to talk about human sacrifice that day. And it just, so he, he, just, he just, he just found a way by mm-hmm. comparing it to getting a, a set of title belts in a wrestling competition. Yeah. Good job. But to my knowledge, this is the first time he started talking about the gods. The and gods. It's true. Th- that is a favorite phrase of his. And he kind of, again, as we, as we're breaching this more like supernatural, more, mystical side of lucha underground is is conversation about the gods and appeasing them um that we're kind of bringing that in there and and dario cueto may have zero respect for lucha libre tradition as we've seen on this show Mm. but he has at least some form of respect for uh the aztec pantheon well yeah he clearly worships all of them Dario Cueto is in a cult. Yep. But so the, the, it is made, it is made obvious is that the crew better fucking win. Will they? We'll get there. Mm -hmm. We move on to Delavar Davari versus Atehano. You know, I have the weirdest sense of deja vu. Yep. We have been here before, but it does. They do actually this actually have calmed down enough to actually wrestle this time. This is true. This is true. We do get a real actual match out of this progress. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's pretty whatever for me. Um, yeah, I didn't do a, didn't do a whole lot. Uh, I love, I love Vampiro. Like, like just starts, he starts in the middle of that just starts bootstrap posting about Tahano about like, Oh, you oh, know, he does. The Delavar, Delavar, he's he's got his rich family and he's got all the but but Tahano, he started from the bottom and, and rose away to the top, brother. And that and that's how you really gotta do it, you know? Like he's just, I don't know why he just he just really starts going to Tahano pulled himself up by his bootstraps, and he that's really why wanted I respect to remind, him. he really wanted you to know that Tahano he grew up poor, his dad beat him for fun, he got he got beat up on the streets all the time. <laughs> This is a man who's came from struggle. And that's why you should root for him because that's the only, that that's what delegates the good guys from the bad guys in the, in this world. Nothing else. Mm -hmm. You know, Um, a spoiled rich kid who's never worked for anything in his life. His parents gave him all his money. Yeah. Whereas Tejano's from the mean streets of Mexico. And that's why he's called Tejano. Instead of Mahano, I don't. I don't know. See, I don't know why, dude. Dude's going with a Texas vibe. He's from Mexico, but I guess Tex-Mex is yeah, a thing. Yeah, he, who knows? He is in, this, yeah, he is from. Um, darn, I look this up as a joke to be like the, he is from the mean streets of. He is from Mexicali, Baja California, Mexico. That's a that's a lot of work. 
It is. It's so basically easy. like this. It's the leftmost strip of Mexico that is connected to California. Okay, that would that would make sense. Then why is he why is he aligning with Texas? What why? Because he likes cowboys. <laughs> Where's Dan Lambert when you need him? Field Dan Lambert like, about to tell Tahana that he's cowboy. not a real cowboy. True. Not like Black Jack Mulligan. He'll he'll yell at Murdoch. Tavari for being a damn millennial, and then he'll yell at Tahano for being a fake cow. God damn. Yep. Yeah. Um. Also, Striker once again really leaning into the 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 bloodthirsty crowd meme. They're re- they're really starting to 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 acknowledge that and just continuously lampshade it. Just the crowd wants blood. They have no morals. Pretty much no. Uh. Then we move. To and then the match ends. Well, well, the match ends. Yeah, because Rick, Big Rick, has arrived, and he just pounds uh, DeHano into the dirt. And Big Rick aligning with those moneyed interests. Who could have seen that coming? Big Rick always seemed like such a principled individual. Uh, No, no use. For material things, what 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 is what is being rich in in monetary gains if if man is not indeed rich in in friendship? Of course, Big Rick. That that's always Big been Rick's Big Rick's philosophy. Motto. Big Rick friendship is magic. Yeah. Anyway, Devari has hired Rick to be his bodyguard. I don't know what I expected really. And I'm here for they kind of put, just keep putting the boots to Tahano and it ends when they try. He Davari tries to make the ref count the match for him later, even though they already called the bell for the DQ classic rich guy thinking the rules don't apply to him. <laughs> and big Rick for physically forces the referee to count the pin one, two or <laughs> three. It's so, so I've never seen a spot like that before. That was hilarious. It was pretty great. That's so good. Still didn't count, but he wanted he wanted the symbolic victory. Mm-hmm. In his mind, he won. So yeah, that's all that that's all that matters, really. Of course. And then Dario is in his office, just kind of watching what's going down. And then spooky lights are going out. <laughs> Well, the, first he gets a he gets a tap on his shoulder, and he turns around, and no one is there. <gasps> oh no, who could this be? I fucking wonder. Uh... There's only one sexy ghost in this in this show. What do you want? <laughs> well, there so should be more down. more sexy ghosts per show. That's what this show needs to put it over the top. Yeah. So Fuck as he sits down and he, he sits down in his chair. And her hand and and uh, Katrina is all up in his business. She she I you know I feel like she did at least enjoy getting to getting to fuck Phoenix a little bit, even if it was all a bit like she she seems mm-hmm. like she she seems like she got a libido on her. And you know what? Good for you, girl. Live your truth. She's a seductress. Yeah, she, she's a seductress at heart. She's, it's 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 in her it's in her contract she in her ghost contract like she signed the standard seduct seductress harpy clause you, you, you know it's a, it's a whole it's a whole thing uh, live your truth girl anyway yup 
And so, uh, Katrina, Katrina, Daria's like, hey, Katrina, what's up? What you have hey, you going? Slowly, slowly like, scrambles to put a folder over his crotch. Yeah. Well, he doesn't try that hard if the ending shot of this video, of this of this promo says anything. True. But True. the he um Katrina is like Mill is coming back, you know. And he's like, Oh, really? Great. And <laughs> she and he she makes it clear that he is gonna be stronger than ever and that they have business with with Phoenix. He's they are gonna destroy the man of a thousand lives. And and so uh Daria's like, yeah, sure, Phoenix versus Milwaukee's, whatever you want. Uh, what were you thinking? I can do that next week. And then she whispers in his ear, a death match. Somebody gonna fucking die. Again, another person gonna die. Uh, and from the same pool of two people, they're really they're really easing us into this whole death this whole permadeath idea mm -hmm. and then she spookity spooks her way out of there after <laughs> telling him about the death match and tario be like well i'm not dead but i do have a bonus yeah because okay he like leans forward with this weird kind of horny like just had he an orgasm face he not so hard he that is not and he has that his, is and he has and he has like his fist right up to his hand his, his mouth as if he's biting his fist i to contain his to contain his moaning he it's it's a classic move it's a classic move nice game i i appreciate I appreciate that that Dario is 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 really uh really really leaning in to to uh the the sexual liberation that Katrina brings to his temple. Absolutely, he is he is big in the sexy time. He is oh he he is very turned on by the thought of a death match. Yeah. Oh yeah. Is he is he really horny for Katrina or is he horny for the idea of murder? I think he's horny for the death match, personally. I, uh, you know, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, it's it's you got to, it's a it's a whole thing for him. It's it's got to have a setup and uh and, and you know whole whole fleshed out scene. <laughs> anyway, yes, we now we we head to the streets and Black Lotus has said she's had enough of this training bullshit. She is wow. leaving. Black Lotus going to fight Matanza without fully completing her training. What a surprise. Who could have ever predicted that would be how this ends? I personally would love to be fully trained by a luchador with a clearly ADR'd voice. I would love nothing more. It would be the greatest honor of my life to be trained by such a master of all things. <laughs> Including having a different so voice than, than the one that should be coming out of your mouth. She, but she's just so angry and she just really wants revenge. So she's going to keep, she's just going to go ahead and go. Oh no, focusing on revenge. She's going to have a hubris downfall. No, what's going to happen? I don't know. How could we ever see this coming? But in the, but in, she leaves a note. She leaves her, I think she leaves her diary for, um, she does. Azteca, Dragon Azteca to read. And then, in the doorway where Dragon Azteca is reading is, is a man is in the shadows and he's like, if you want her, if you don't want her to die, 
comes in the shadows, you're going to need my help. And it's Chavo Guerrero. He is back. Yeah, Chavo's here. And he and he he and Dragon as Tekka sit down and have a what is what essentially amounts to I scratch my back or you I scratch your back, you scratch mine. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Sort of conversation. Yeah, so the Chavo tells the tale that basically the Guerrero family are liars and cheaters, and they also steal, if you if Eddie Guerrero's uh, catchphrase was accurate. Um <laughs> Basically, in Mexico, the Guerreros are a bunch of dirtbags that nobody likes and nobody trusts, and they owe money to everybody. So, the in-story explanation... Chavo Guerrero is kind of, like, very intermittent when he shows up in Lucha Underground. He, he never has that... He never has a really long-term presence on the show because of other stuff he has going on in his career. But So, the story explanation for why he's never around is because... He ha- he is always on the run from basically all of Mexico wants his hide. <laughs> he is Mexico's most wanted. <laughs> yeah, he uh and, and and Dragon Azteca rightly calls him out on this. And he's like mm-hmm. he's like, You you guys are kind of douchebags. And Job was like, Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. I know but but have you considered that I can protect Black Lotus? And so he puts forth the, the idea of if you use your clout in Mexico to get my to get people off my back, then I will protect Black Lotus. And Dragon yeah, Azteca agrees. He's, he's he's running just like a low-res extortion scheme, basically, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Azteca is desperate and agrees that he will get Chavo's debts cleared if he can protect her from Matanza. Mm -hmm. And Chavo's like, oh yeah, you have, I will treat her like Familia. Which, considering this entire conversation, does not hold as much weight as I think Chavo thinks it does. No, probably not. Probably not. Uh, He, he... If the word familiar is thrown <laughs> around a lot these days, and I would not be surprised if Chavo Guerrero is using it, yeah, slightly disingenuously, but it gets the it gets the job done. Why not? Yeah. So then we get our main event of the evening, the last chance for the crew, as they are to, in a ladder match against Ivelisse, Son of Havoc, and Angelico, the fun and dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> In a three, in a trio's ladder match. Yes, it is. It is ladder time, baby. The crew is ready to go, and of course, as fun and dysfunctional comes out, what's the very first thing that happens? But the crew immediately jumps them because, of course, they do. Yeah, they jump them and they start whooping their asses, and the numbers advantage is immediately apparent as poor Evilise is just left to kind of like limp. Down the whole staircase. Yeah. And otherwise be uninvolved. We don't, we don't need Ivalice. Oh, no. Yeah. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. And it's just a very fun uh, heart l- weapons match. Really? It, it, well, yeah, wow, the crew doing a hard weapons mm. match? No way. Gotta love, gotta love the use of that, you know, cane. That, that definitely cane thing that is, that is in... The, the that is in their hands and it's not anything else why would you 
call it a kendo stick. Of course. The the Singapore cane, you mean? Yes. The, the, yes, the yes. Favorite weapon of, I couldn't of, remember. of Cortez I couldn't Castro. Remember the technical terminology? Of course. <clears throat> but yes, the crew are kind of beat, just whoop their asses for most of the match, which I get why, because it's a three on two. Yeah, this this really starts to become like we really start to see the the pattern in this episode of why it's so good. I think I'll have it a second time because first we have a we have Delavar Davari versus Tahano Part Two, and mm -hmm. and then we have and then we have this match which has the crew against Fun and Dysfunctional again. The crew unfairly beating up on Fun and Dysfunctional again. Oh, the 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 hole in Dario's window being exposed again. They they yeah, fucking pull uh, the boards off and start whacking. He, <laughs> start, whack. start using the boards. Cannot hell go with it. Yeah, creepy like. And Dario whack. is on the phone <laughs> this time. Having very important happened. business conversation. TM. He is doing very important business on this phone of his, and he spends the Obviously. entire rest of the match on the phone trying to talk on True. it. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? I know. Oh my god. Yeah. Uh, and then on Helico. He's like, well, if it worked last time, he goes up to the top of Dario's office, tries to leap off it, but oh no, the crew is ready for him. Who's that? Yeah, okay. So to kind of bring up that is that they set up they set up a ton of tables, and it's you spend a long time in the match being like, when is somebody gonna go through these tables? Austin's first law of wrestling must be observed, which it was. It was observed, yeah, because they the crew it set up observed. all three tables. A a a reminder or 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 a, a tidbit for for those who don't remember or don't know Austin's first law of tables, of course, is he who sets up the table must needs be the one to go through it. Yep, with the exception of the Dudley Boys uh, amendment. That says, if your gim that says if your gimmick is putting people through tables, you are exempt from the rule. But <laughs> the crew, this is not the crew's gimmick. Therefore. Weapons are their gimmick. Tables ain't weapons, I guess. Boards are weapons. Not tables are not. It's a, it's a very, it's a very fine. Their specific gimmick isn't tables. So that's, they need to be more specific if they <laughs> want to get the exemption. <laughs> they they have to file paperwork. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Uh, but so the crew sets up this a lat these double tables on the outside, and then they get a ladder up there. And Court Sister Cisco, Miss Mr. Cisco, and on Helico fighting in this area, and eventually on Helico gets Court uh, Mr. Cisco in on the tables and he climbs the ladder and instead of jumping off the ladder, he climbs all the way up next to then jump onto the roof. Dario's roof. And then Cortez Castro comes at him from behind with the kendo stick. Yep. Repeating the greatest hits and kind of leaves him to die on that roof for a little while. Yep. So yeah, the crew are <clears throat> fighting hard just kind of kicking ass, but then Son of Havoc gets his comeback, and he's able to kind of fight them all off three on one for a little bit. Yeah, and, and he try he he then he then puts oh who does he put who does he put on the he puts table? he, he puts, puts I think Cisco he's the one okay he puts Cisco Bale again. on the table yeah he puts the Bale ring. that's who it was and he tries and, put... and he tries to 
He tries, tries to do, do the, the top of the rope, but then Cisco the, comes up to attack him. Raising up. Uh, again, yeah, again another move the, we saw, uh, another move we saw the last time, trying to repeat the greatest hits, but but they can't do it because something's missing. They don't have the teamwork yet. Yeah, but Cisco tries to stop him, and he ends up throwing Cisco through the tables on the outside. Look gnarly. Mm-hmm. And then he then he does the double stomp to bail. No, he doesn't do the double stomp. He does the uh, he does his shooting star press, except. He undershoots it really badly. So, like, <coughs> imagine it like you're a student star press, you're flipping your body in a full rotation. Mm-hmm. His head and neck are the only things that make contact with the table and bail. So the table doesn't break, and he kind of just knocks his head on the table. It yeah. was like gnarly. And but Bale is down ish, and ish. they end up. Uh, Cortez try uh, Cortez Castro tries to climb the ladder in the ring. Everybody's down. This is his moment, and Angelico gets up and drop run jumps off the roof and drop kicks Cortez off the ladder. Yeah, absolutely insane. Yup. Yup, hits he hits the move after all, baby, and it's just as crazy the second time. Oh my god, it's that's such. But then, literally everyone is down, and here comes forgotten Evilise. You can't forget about Evilise. On one leg, she's hopping and hopping, and she gets in the ring, and she gets up the ladder. She is literally climbing this ladder in a cast. I know. As, so I meant, insane. as I noted, good guy on Helico, he subtly moves his body to to hold on to the bottom of the ladder from the other side to help no. stabilize the ladder while she's climbing up. So dope. Uh, yeah, no. Mr. Cisco finally recovers from the tables and he's he's climbing, he's trying to fight. But she is like smacking him in the head and punching his hands away, trying to get him to fall. And she, she, she's reaching and she just barely gets the trio's titles. And they've done it again. I know. Ivelisse, Son of Havoc, and Angelico retain the titles again. Oh my god. It's, it, yeah, the, the everybody taking Ivelisse for granted, forgetting about her only for her to come back. Like that's such a that's such a great little way for them to get the win this time. Last time it was last time it was them learning to do teamwork on a whole. This time mm-hmm. it's never count anyone out. I just love the little like the little like Saturday morning cartoon lessons that are being sprinkled into yep. fun and dysfunctional's wins here. Yep. But so the tag champs have retained, the crew have failed again and well Rip-a-roni. sacrifice will be needed. I think. Uh-oh. Bum, bum, ba-dum. But that is for next time. Uh, the episode ends there, and like, just once again, another fantastic episode, two episodes of Lucha Underground. Yeah, and again, oh my god, this plot, this overarching story just mm-hmm. got ten times more nuts, and I cannot wait to see where it goes from here. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. 
like the supernatural elements in this show that I know so well are all kind of coming together now. You got the medallions, you got uh, Katrina, the ghost lady with her, with Mil, with a powered up Mil Muertes. We're getting little bits and more of Matanza. Like, and it's all been built up to so well. That's the crazy mm -hmm. thing. It all kind of snuck up on you and now it's all kind of pushing in at once. And it's, it's incredible to say, the absolute very least. I am in awe. I can't wait to see where this goes from here. Oh my god. It's so yep. cool. Gonna be sweet. But that is for another time. Uh, next time on this podcast. Uh, mm. Oh boy. Okay. Time for David to threaten to quit this show once again. Because Third time's the charm, motherfucker. Man, if it ain't happening this time, I don't know when it will, to be honest. Yeah. Because we return to October of 2002. The accusation about that Kane murdered Katie Vick has been laid. And I now it is time for a little bit of investigative digging. And so we will dig deeper into the accusations of murder and other improprieties. Let's call it like that. By Triple H. And who oh boy, this is the moment that we've been building to when I picked this storyline to do on this podcast. So. God, yeah. The, gonna the first be had me losing my mind, and they're not even supposed to be the moment that actually it's pisses me off. The so, build that was just the build up. I can't wait. I can't wait to just hate everything next week. But that's for next week and next time. Uh, David, you can go ahead and hit our plugs when we can get out. Yes, sir. All right, my dear friends. Thank you so much for once again joining us for another fantastic installment of the Noobs and Knockouts podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. If you are a returning listener, viewer, what have you, thank you so much for once again welcoming us back into your eardrums, your eyeballs, whatever. We are so happy to have you here. If our first time listener we have you thank you so much for joining us we here at the noobs and knockouts podcast like to think we are friendly to both noobs and knockouts alike so whether you are brand new to the wild wacky world of wrestling or you're a seasoned veteran we hope you feel like you belong here we hope you feel welcome here we hope it all feels nice and fun and accessible if you had a great time with us for your first time and like to continue to join us and you're not entirely sure how to do so well not to worry my friends i have you covered first of all you can find us on YouTube. We are the Noobs and Knockouts Podcast on YouTube. Hit subscribe. Ring that bell. Make sure it turns on its little solid color so you get notifications every single time we drop a new episode. Like, comment, add us to your playlist. Check out our playlist. Austin has been so kind as to organize all of the eras and arcs and everything, blah, 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 that we follow into their own nice little separate playlist so you can check out specific eras and storylines that happen to jump around a whole hell of a lot. It's phenomenal. Um, also, of course, we it, it is the the visual experience for, for some of our more recent episodes. You can see our beautiful faces, our beautiful new layout. Check us out there and see, see all of our wonderful gesticulating and all the wonderful sight gags that the, that the audio only plebs. You can watch, you can watch me flap my wings like a moth, like a moth. Yeah. The, the, the audio only people won't get, won't, won't get that part, but you will. Doesn't that make you feel cool? It makes me feel cool. Check it out there. Check, find us on YouTube, Noobs and Knockouts Podcast. Uh, we are also, of course, 
for the audio only listeners. I promise we love you too. I'm just, just making a joke, I swear. Uh, you can find us on three of the best places to find your podcast, which are Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. Check us out there. Give us those nice five-star ratings. Leave us a nice little review. Download us. Uh, just generally give us a listen. Let other people know these guys are pretty cool. We think you should listen to more. I don't know. That's just me. I'm just saying. Uh, check us all out there, especially Spotify just recently added that fi- that that rating feature. Be sure to pop a please a uh, nice little five star rating on our show if you can uh, if 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 you are so inclined. Uh, also, of course, is our social media kind of our three main places. First of all, of course, there is our Twitter at Noobs and Knox Pod. That's Noobs Litter and Knox Pod on Twitter. Check us out there. We drop dank memes. We engage with the broader wrestling fandom discourse. We post every single time we drop a new episode so you guys know what the hell is going on. And of course, the highlight of our Twitter is weekly wrestling live tweeting. My friend, what is on the docket coming up? Of course, uh, as uh, as usual, normally every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern at TBS is AEW Dynamite. Me and David both regularly watch that live uh, right now. Uh, I am not available to be doing that, but David, uh, if he is, he will be the one taking over for live tweeting for the next True. couple of weeks. Uh, but that is normally what is on our schedule there for that. And then we also, also I will be I live tweet every single AEW, WWE, and Impact Wrestling pay per view uh, upcoming on that. Uh, re- upcoming we have AEW Revolution at on Revolution! March 6th. Right now we don't have a lot of official matches. We only have uh, mm, actually I can't really say anything official because David hasn't watched Dynamite yet this week. Oh, so uh, true. Thank you. I can't say a whole lot actually, but there Sorry, it's yes. all the card is shaping up, and there's a there's a few more matches that are going to end up being announced uh, as we as the next couple of weeks. So keep an eye on that. Uh, then for WWE, technically what is next is Elimination Chamber. Except that's one of their Saudi Arabia blood money shows. Oh, so, fuck yourself. Fuck them. I'm not watching them. Instead, the WWE's Please. next pay-per-view is WrestleMania 38 on hey. April 2nd and April 3rd. That's exciting. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin might be wrestling. That's yeah, a, what the a possibility? Fuck? What? <laughs> what? I said, what? You got to wrestle? What? What? WrestleMania 38. Uh, yes, we already know. Confirm Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. And Becky Lynch versus somebody. Please, God, let it be Bianca Belair. Or why did or why did we have Bianca lose in, in five seconds to Becky at SummerSlam? If it's not that, hear me, Vince. Oh. Hear my thoughts. Vince don't care. Vince don't give a shit. Uh, that will is up again. April 2nd and April 3rd. And then Impact Rebellion on April 23rd. That's still over a month away, so there's not really any matches for it yet upcoming announced. But as those are announced, I will make a comment about them. And that is what we are doing on Twitter in the near future. Delightful. Check all that out. It's a great time. Austin's live tweeting is phenomenal. I mean, he's he's the he's the 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 knockout. He's the veteran. He knows what the hell he's talking about. His his in, his insights are 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 plentiful and wise, and his jokes are are greatly referency and just 
good, good eh, shit. And you know, they're referencing I, I, how I, good they are. I enjoy it. I and you know I'm the color commentator noob. I like to think you know I just shit post most of the time. It's a it's a good time. Come get hyped. We uh, we we're both a good time to to come watch wrestling with even as a digital only format. So check us out there at Noobs and Knox Pod. Of course, there is also our email address. Uh, you can email us, get in very direct contact with us at noobsandknockoutspod at gmail.com. That's noobs, the word and this time, knockoutspod at gmail.com. Come say hi to us there. Tell us what you like about the show, what you don't like, things you want to see more of, less of, recommendations of arcs and eras and companies and just vaguely wrestling adjacent media cover. We're just open to all that stuff. Come yell at us for our hot takes or tell us how lovely our dulcet tones are that you fall asleep to every single night. Either way, we just love hearing from people. Come say hi. We would love to say hi back. Noobs and knockoutspod at gmail.com. Finally, you can find us on Patreon. We are also the Noobs and Knockouts podcast on Patreon. $1 early access to episodes and a shout out at the end of each episode. See y'all next time. Hasta luego.